tons to talk about today, as it always is over the weekend, but uh, there's a, a lot of stuff. Some little stuff, some big stuff. I might even get a little philosophical with you a little bit later on today, based on some of the stuff that had happened over the weekend. Uh, we have some updates on what has happened with uh, Penn Harris Madison. Remember, I tried telling you that there was that uh, scholarship that was racist that was being offered by by some officials at Penn Harris Madison at the exact same time that two colleges were being admonished by the federal government for doing the exact same thing because it is um, it is against the law. Now, I wasn't sure if the nuances with PHM's scholarship offering, which excluded white students would be different just because of how it was organized or orchestrated, but it appears that there is an investigation on that. We'll give you the details of that a little bit later on. Uh, we will also talk about the the Congress, really House of Representatives mostly in certain committees, gathering even more evidence on, well, officials in the government you know, straight up lying to people about Trump-Russia collusion. And we even have the United Nations appointee from Biden going out there and saying, hey, U.N., please make there be reparations against the United States. Now, when we get into that, initially, you should understand how laughable that is just because the reparations argument is laughable. But beyond that, the member nations of the United Nations are the nations who are predominantly responsible for not only American slavery, but slavery in general, including slavery that is happening now. So... That's what we're dealing with. All right. The tragic information that we have, there was a scramble of four fighter jets, some from New Jersey and some from some from uh, from uh, Virginia that scrambled four F-16 scrambled to intercept a small personal aircraft. We ended up finding out that the pilot, as they were failing to make radio contact, of course, this is always a hairy situation. You never know what's going on. You never know if somebody's attacking the White House. Uh, 9-11 was obviously on everybody's mind as this was happening, even though this is a smaller personal aircraft. You don't know what the payload is. So the F-16s failed to make radio contact. Of course, the tower could make radio contact. They pulled up alongside it. They ended up finding out that the pilot was passed out. Tragically, about 10 minutes after they discovered that, the aircraft crashed, killing all aboard. We learned that uh, there was a... They're affiliated with the GOP. One of the GOP donors has confirmed that their daughter and granddaughter, who is two years old, as well as their nanny, was killed in that jet. Um, it, their political affiliations is less important than the tragedy of, of what happened. We don't know exactly what caused the pilot to black out. Uh, we don't know if there was a situation where everybody on board blacked out. They couldn't make radio contact with anybody, from what I understand, at this point in time. Uh, if that changes, we'll certainly update you on that. They usually, as they're coming through and trying to make some form of contact, you know, usually somebody can just grab a headset. Maybe they weren't aware that the pilot was blacked out. I would assume that they'd be looking out the window and seeing F-16 fighter jets there, and you'd certainly be able to hear them. So we don't have a lot of details on this. All we know is that tragically everybody's been been um, been found deceased. They did find the plane crash. The there was a back camera in somebody's backyard that was just overlooking their backyard, which captured the audio of the plane crash. I don't think it actually captured any part of the crash itself, but you could see the the family dog being woken up by. They were sleeping on the uh, the outside couch and running to investigate what was going on. They were obviously pretty spooked, but. Um, there was some rumors that 
this might be affiliated with you know some high profile uh, GOP activists and, and possibly even the NRA uh, NRA board of directors, and it appears that that is true. So, but nonetheless, I mean, you got you know innocent people on there, including a two year old child who's you know tragically died as a result of this what appeared to be a medical episode. As we learn more, we will keep you updated on that, and we'll pass that on to all of you. Um, I want to play you some audio here in just a minute. Not not yet. Let me make sure that there's no commercial breaks or anything, Amelia. But I want to I want to play this for you here in a minute because we have learned of another example, yet another example of the January sixth committee doctoring video that they used against January sixth defendants. Now, again, we we have when we do these stories. Part of the reason we do them is one: you've been lied to about what happened there. You've been lied to about a lot on January 6th, but there is no denying that there were Trump supporters who got out of line. Nobody's saying that there weren't. They need to be punished in in full accordance with the law. Nobody's saying otherwise, but there were innocent people who are being, well, they're being made examples of. So while the federal government has decided to go to Bank of America and say, give us all the information you have about anybody from your bank who was in D.C. on these dates, and going to Bank of America and asking about gun purchasing records and things like that, simply from your debit cards or, or your, your credit cards from the bank. All of that without warrants. And while they put this geocaching process in place and have been hunting down people all over the country, including people who are not accused of any violence at all, and finding them and arresting them and charging them, including people right here in our own community on both sides of the border, who are not accused of violence, who are not accused of assaulting police officers or anything like that, hunting them down, while not doing the same thing for the people who rioted when Trump was inaugurated on Inauguration Day. See, they don't, the news media doesn't want to remind you that people, you know, destroyed vehicles, they destroyed buildings, uh, windows, they lit things on fire and everything else on the Inauguration Day of Donald Trump. That was, all happened in Washington, D.C., There's no investigation of any of those people that encompasses the entire country. There's no investigation of anybody at any of the BLM riots or the Antifa riots or anything else. That's where people are upset. And what people who are, I'm going to say people on the left, but are not activists, who maybe just look at this and go, January 6th was really bad, and we need those people to pay for it, but they're ignoring everything else that's going on. What you need to understand, my message to you is you need to, you need to comprehend that we're not saying the people who got out of line don't deserve to be punished. What we're saying is we want that standard to be applied evenly, and it's not. The FBI is 100% acting as really a private police force for the Democratic Party. And I don't mean everybody in the FBI because that always gets taken out of context, too. But there's no doubt the upper echelons of leadership and that Washington field office, they are acting as political, well, politically appointed police. I don't want to say Gestapo. They're not quite that that extensive, but you understand what we're saying. And they are operating purely with the purpose to protect Democrats and attack Republicans. And they are not enforcing the laws they're oftentimes breaking the law and fabricating evidence as they did with general flynn as they did with a lot of people on january 6th 
And then you have Nancy Pelosi putting together the January 6th committee, which wasn't a real committee. This isn't a law law abiding court or anything like that. It was a political kangaroo court. It was a circus. And they've already been caught fabricating evidence and doctoring evidence at least twice. These are two new circumstances that have been discovered with evidence that was used by the January 6th committee to not only prosecute this case without there being a defense, this operated very much like a political grand jury. There was no defense that was allowed to be offered or anything like that. It was purely these people are anti-Trump. They were going to go ahead and put anti-Trump propaganda out there, even if they had to fabricate it, and they were going to steer the narrative in the news media. And they got caught a couple of times fabricating evidence. The assumption is they fabricated a lot more, and we now have two additional examples of that. So this, this now brings it to, what, four or five examples, I think, where we have them directly messing with the evidence that was used during the committee, which, of course, the news media disseminated out to everybody in order to demonize Trump and all of his supporters. And by the way, Trump did not have a good weekend. DeSantis did. You know, it's there's a there's a reality here that Trump supporters are going to have to have to contend with. DeSantis is the real deal. And eventually that polling is going to start to shift. We'll get to that a little bit later on as well. Um, But we will get into this audio because we now know that the January 6th committee that Pelosi put together and Pelosi manipulated who was allowed to be appointed to that committee for the first time ever in our history did not allow the Republican Party to have their own people appointed by the party that they put sound over videos that was not in the videos. That they doctored the sound of the videos in order to convey to the public that things were happening that may not have been happening. We'll play you that proof coming up in just a few minutes here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank the MNC Nation for tuning in as well. Okay, so we, we have this. Wait, where did it go? Did I close it like an idiot? I did. I closed it like an idiot. For the love of God, I am not having a good day. I'm not. Sorry. I had the audio all queued up, ready to go, got through all of the commercials. <laughs> okay, give me a second as I play this in the background. We're going to play you some audio. If you're just tuning in. We discovered over the weekend that the January 6th committee fabricated more evidence in the committee hearings. So what they did is they took a bunch of the video surveillance footage from January 6th, and then they, after, in post-production, dubbed in audio, which likely wasn't what was happening at the time, including people yelling, we're breaching the Capitol, which didn't happen. And so John Solomon was able to actually get the surveillance footage, which are all silent cameras. Now, they explain this. This is on Real America Voice. Real America's Voice, excuse me. Um, Just the News has their own their own show there. Just the News, no nonsense. Now, if you're not familiar with Just the News, that's literally what they do. Just the News. Now, a lot of John Solomon's work has been on Democrat corruption, but they're they're really not a political outfit at all. And there's because a lot of their coverage has been very critical of the left and some of the scandals of the left, and they actually cover it. 
there's a lot of people who will label them as right wing. They're really not. So anyway, uh, cue the audio. It's ready to go. I want you to listen to the breakdown of all of this stuff so you can hear it very specifically. What was added to the video? What wasn't? Now understand, watching this segment is more powerful than listening to it, but you still will get the idea very, very clearly here. All right, here is the first January 6th committee hearing footage that you might have seen. You're going to get to hear it. Look at that. You hear a lot of sound there, folks, and you see this footage. It's pretty dramatic. Sounds very riotous. It does. Here's the actual footage. It's a silent movie. Same footage. Exact camera. We matched the camera to the second. But there's no footage there, uh, no sound footage at all. That footage was thrown in there to create a dramatic movie-like effect. It's no longer evidence now. It's now been turned into a little bit of propaganda. But uh, it's one thing yeah. if they told the public they did it, right, Amanda? But they don't. Look how right. look how silent it is. It looks like a 1920s silent movie. Bad behavior being shown there. Look yeah. at the guy kicking the door. These are bad people. But we were we were given an extra effect that didn't exist on these tapes. Now, in a few seconds, we're going to roll to another another tape, and you're going to see a similar circumstance, an outside shot of the Capitol, one of the more famous shots that we all remember. And again, there's no sound. Somebody dubbed in the sound afterward. Now, by the way, the the video that he's specifically talking about right now, before we go to the outside video, the one that shows them coming into the Capitol and breaking through windows and doors and stuff like that, and they doctored the audio that was with that, that's also the moment where Chansley who was, you know, the with the Viking guy or whatever. That's the moment that he came into the Capitol. And again, it was it was all doctored. It was all added in post-production. It wasn't the actual audio from the Capitol cameras. So now they go into the audio from video that was outside the Capitol. Words to create it Hollywood style instead of evidence. Here we go. Here's the second footage. Pretty loud. Now watch this. There's no sound. There was no. Why? Because these are closed-circuit television cameras. They never had sound. All the committee had to do was tell people, but Amanda, they didn't do that. So again, the January 6th committee fabricated more evidence. Now, as John Solomon pointed out, it doesn't excuse people who are damaging property who are coming into the Capitol and breaking that window or going through the door and things like that. It doesn't excuse their behavior. But when you have a fabrication of evidence to create and evoke emotion in order to sell a narrative to the American people, you got a real problem. When people talk to you about this being a kangaroo court, it is. You know, evidence that exonerated people was exculpatory, was not allowed to be introduced to the January 6th committee. This isn't a real committee that had any actual power. It was purely political theater. That's all it ever was. And the news media would try and tell you, no, 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 this is a legal committee. It was a legal committee in that they had a right to have a committee and look at the issue. But it wasn't a legal committee in that it had any legal authority or capacity whatsoever. It didn't. It had none of that. It's purely political theater. And beyond that, this is the first time in our history that the Republican Party was not allowed to pick their members to be on that committee. Nancy Pelosi rejected one. Well, he's running for Senate now. Congressman Banks in Indiana, and she also rejected Jim Jordan being on the committee. They weren't allowed to be on the committee. She selected the Republicans to be on the committee, and they happen to be never-Trump Republicans like Liz Cheney. 
And then they doctored the video. And then they doctored emails. And they doctored other stuff. And they got caught red-handed doing it. If this were a court of law, for you lawyers out there, if this were a court of law, what would happen? You all know what would happen. Case dismissed, prosecutorial misconduct, that sort of thing. If it was a judge that was allowing this stuff to happen, we're talking, I mean, or, well, prosecutors too. I'm talking about disbarment? Suspension or revocation of your law license? That's the type of grievous offenses we are talking about here. And there will be your layman idiot out there who goes, well, I don't care just because I hate Trump. Orange man, bad, all of that stuff. But the reality of the situation is they fabricated physical evidence to present to the American people because they wanted to steer a political narrative and they lied to people about it. And look how long it's taken to uncover some of this stuff. Now, I mentioned Bank of America earlier. The House Judiciary Committee is also investigating Bank of America because they handed over data of innocent customers to the FBI without a warrant. This is what we've been talking about from the very beginning. The House Judiciary Committee, chaired by Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, is investigating whether the Bank of America, uh, whether Bank of America provided data to the FBI about customers who made transactions in the days around January 6th in D.C. and surrounding areas. Now, we know that that happened, okay? The, the question is, is, you know, basically there are people who are innocent here that they turned over the data for anyway. And Bank of America did not protect their customers at all. They allowed a federal investigative body to come in and investigate people without probable cause and without a warrant. In a letter to the bank's CEO, Brian Moynihan, Representative Jordan and Chairman of the Subcommittee on the Administrative State Regulatory Reform and Antitrust, Representative Thomas Massey, Republican of Kentucky, asked about the bank's cooperation with the FBI The investigation comes after an FBI whistleblower testified before Congress that the bank provided the FBI with private data on customers who used the bank's cards between January 5th and 7th, 2021, quote, with no directive from the FBI or warrant. Now, we already knew about this, but now we've got a whistleblower coming forward. Keep in mind, there are good people at the FBI who are trying to do the right thing. Some of them are willing to put their careers on the line. Some are not, and they're doing it more clandestinely. This testimony is alarming. Jordan Massey wrote, according to veteran FBI employees, Bank of America provided without any legal process private financial information of Americans to the most powerful law enforcement entity in the country. Now, again, you as an American citizen have constitutional and civil rights to have legal representation before stuff like this happens. There is a legal process that is supposed to play out before your personal private records are handed over to the government. And that just, would the FBI have gotten this information had they gone through a legal process? Probably. They probably would have. Now, if there was a legitimate judge looking at it, they would say, well, we don't need a blanket of everybody who's in D.C. You're going to need to give us specific individuals that you're targeting. And the FBI would have said, well, we don't have their names yet. That's why we need this information. All we have is blurry uh, camera footage. And then, you know, a legal process can play out about whether or not they were allowed to have access to the information. That never happened. The FBI simply called Bank of America and said, hey, could you send us all of the financials and the transactions of anybody who used their card, you know, going in and out of D.C. between the 5th and the 7th? Can you just send that to us, please? And they did. They blanket sent it over, including innocent people who had nothing to do with what happened at the Capitol, which is a gross violation of their rights. This information appears to have had no individualized nexus 
to particularize criminal conduct, but was rather a data dump of customers' transactions over a three-day period, they wrote. This information undoubtedly included private details about Bank of America customers who had nothing at all to do with the events of January 6th. So they demanded that Bank of America provide all communications from January 1st to the present between its employees and consultants related to providing the FBI with financial records of customers. They also demanded all records of communications with the Department of Justice within the same time period. And my assumption is is that Bank of America will probably do what the FBI has been doing and not cooperate, and then Congress is going to have to continue to ramp up their, their processes. Now, of course, we do have the FBI refusing to cooperate on numerous occasions, but finally we're forced to cooperate on one thing here this past weekend. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. I don't want to make this all about the FBI. Uh, we got a lot to cover today, so we got a lot of ground to get to. MNC News Time is 3.34. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel in the all-new MNC Nation. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. If you're watching on Rumble, hit subscribe and thumbs up, please. And uh, we have a new emoji. I've added an emoji to the channel. You can... Uh, you can, you can you're happy about that? Amelia's happy about that. So I actually added two, but one of them is Joe Biden falling down at the Air Force Academy. <laughs> he tripped over the weekend again, by the way. He almost fell down the stairs. Down the stairs. He would have been hurt that time. Tripping up the stairs, you hurt your shin, okay? The dude almost fell down the stairs. He tripped, he stumbled, and he almost bit it. Now that's a scary one. Going down the stairs is not fun. So, <laughs> so definitely go check that out. Enjoy that. Have some fun with that. We'll be adding more of those here in the near future. We'll have some for subscribers only too coming in the in the uh, the coming months as well. Uh, it's not Tuesday, so I'll probably ask Pastor Miles about this. Um, but <laughs> there's this pastor who has begged for forgiveness. Now, this is a a woke pastor at the United Church of Christ in Ohio. His name is John Dorauer, and I probably butchered that. Don't really care, okay? People keep asking me, hey, how is it that you mispronounce these names that we all know? Because I don't watch television, and I don't I don't ever hear their name pronounced. I just read them. And if people can't spell their own name, like Dorauer can't spell his own name, it's not my fault if I mispronounce his name because he can't spell it. So that's that's my official philosophy on it. Now, if you hear a name a million times, then you're fine. But sometimes that bites you in the backside too. Kamala Harris changed her name. Remember, remember the news media was attacking you on how you pronounced her first name? Because we would say Kamala, and then it was Kamala, and then it was Kamala, right? And then we played you a video montage of Kamala Harris saying her name the way that the news media was telling you was racist for you to say it. But she says her own name the same way that you're telling me that I'm not allowed to say her name. Pete Buttigieg. Okay? I sat here when he was still a candidate, and I was new in town. I sat here for, I don't know, six, seven minutes going over with him the proper way to pronounce his name. He wrote it down. Boot, B-O-O-T, uh, U-H, judge, as in judge and jury. That's how Pete Buttigieg wrote down the proper way to pronounce his name. When he ran for president, how did he pronounce it? Boot Edge Edge. 
he changed his name. So even though we all knew his name, he changed his name. Guess who else did it? Ron DeSantis. It's been Ron DeSantis for how long, Amelia? And then he does a presidential announcement. It's DeSantis. What? <laughs> like, what the heck? So, you know, we all run into this. But my main issue with, with pronunciations of names is that I only read them. I don't actually hear them. And I'm too lazy, and I don't have enough time to be, you know, going down and chasing down everybody's weird, weirdly spelled name. So anyway, this pastor at the United Church of Christ in Ohio, um, he's committed a sin, so he's issued an apology for this, which is always nice. I mean, everybody sins, right? We're all we're all flawed. Every time we sin, we want to apologize. So he issued an apology, and he did this on the church's website. So this is the official apology here. It has been brought to my attention that a slight rotation of the cover image in either direction would more accurately reflect the racial equity that we seek. I am grateful for such attention to the subtleties of racism and agree. Okay, uh, now some of you are going, what is he talking about? But you heard some buzzwords in there, right? You heard, uh, let's see, direction more accurately reflected. You, you heard equity, which is automatically a no-go. Anybody who says equity is a really an unserious individual. You can't take anything that they say seriously. Um, and then he talks about the subtleties of racism and agree, which of course means, you know, this guy is clearly a lunatic. So when you look at this, in case you can't call a man of cloth a lunatic, yes, I can. Why? Because I'm a flawed human being too. I'm just okay with my flaws. So some of you might be saying, all right, this guy is, he's talking about rotating an image to erase racism on his church's website. What's going on here? Well, louder with Crowder wrote, now I'm sure that you have, uh, I have you wondering what could have possibly caused such an apology. The headline gives you a breadcrumb. It involves a white girl. Well, what was the white girl doing? So there's an image on this website and it quotes Mark. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So quote from, from Mark, fine. What's the problem? Well, the problem is it has children holding hands in a circle. Have you figured out what's wrong with it yet? Has anybody figured out why this, this pastor is upset and why people complained to the United Church of Christ in Ohio about the racist image and how they can fix the racist image by rotating it a little bit? So this is a top-down. I want you to imagine this. You're on, you're on a drone, and you're looking down at these children like 10 feet below you, and the kids are all holding hands in a circle and looking directly up at you. The racist part is that the white girl with blonde hair is at 12 o'clock. She's on the top. And there is a little black boy just to the left at 11 o'clock. And it's racist that she's at 12 o'clock, meaning that she's at the top of the circle. That's racist. See, the black boy should be at 12 o'clock and she should not. She should be at 1 o'clock. And because the black boy isn't at the top of the circle, this pastor, who's white, has committed a grievous sin and felt the need to apologize to the idiots, whether they attend his church or not, who complained about all of this. That's what we're talking about. So I say again, as I have said hundreds of times, woke church isn't church. Find you a church that focuses on God and not this nonsense. More coming up. 95.3 MNC and the all-new MNC Nation.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel in the all-new MNC Nation. I want to thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening on the radio, you're watching us on your television, or if you're watching on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey, the host, or even listening to us on the mobile app. Thank you for joining us today. If you are on Rumble, please hit subscribe and hit that thumbs up button. I would appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Reiner went on It's Not News, It's CNN, and he had some very interesting things to say about Joe Biden and the fact that Joe Biden can't walk. And he explains kind of the problem specifically from a medical perspective with Joe Biden and his gait, the way that he walks, and why this is a problem. And he also offers a recommendation of how to maybe prevent Joe Biden from falling, which is something that we all kind of want. Because if Joe Biden, look, if he had fallen down the stairs over the weekend... Because he tripped on those stairs. If he had fallen down those stairs, Joe Biden's in the hospital. He's at Walter Reed. You know, maybe he's not seriously injured, but he's at Walter Reed and his face is messed up. And that's, we don't want that. Like, watching the guy fall, okay, it's fun to make fun of him, but nobody wants him to get seriously hurt. But that would have been bad. There was like 12, 15 steps or something like that. He tripped on like the fourth step, guys. He would have gone all the way down those steps. And Joe Biden can't catch himself. We all know that. It would have been ugly. There was nobody there to catch him. He didn't. His rubberized shoes, which I think the criticism of the rubberized shoes is a little silly. I'll get to that a little bit later on, too. You cue my audio, please, Amelia. This is the doctor, Dr. Reiner, on CNN saying, hey, these are the problems with Joe Biden and how he can fix it. Falls are really common, and they're uh, especially common uh, in the elderly. It's thought that about one out of every four people over the age of I did not know that. Did you know that? I didn't know the old people year, So it's, it's, it's super weird. common. No, this is strange. the third time hmm. we've seen uh, the president uh, fall. Uh, he fell twice going up the steps of Air Force One, uh, once uh, in uh, uh, 2021 and once uh, earlier this year. And he has a stiff gait. And the stiff gait, which is felt to be uh, secondary to, I think, some uh, arthritis in his back, yep. you know, contributes to him walking with this kind of shuffling gait. And if you hit a sandbag, there's not a lot of flexibility and you go down and, you know, he's fine. The optics are bad, but, you know, he got unlucky and, and just tripped on the sandbag. Uh, President Trump was very self-conscious about about uh, that incident, and he yep. was quite concerned about falling. Look, I would I would suggest to the president that he really needs to be careful. And in on unsteady ground, it wouldn't be the worst thing for the president to use a cane. I know he may not like the optics, but a falling uh, appears much worse. Well, yeah, I would say that falling is probably worse than using a cane, especially if it's a dope, really awesome cane. Canes are back in fashion now, by the way. I mean, they never they went away for a little bit, and then people started coming up with some really nice cane designs. And I've got some cool canes that have like swords and stuff in them. That's uh, it's pretty neat. I got a cane that's actually a blowgun. I mean, I don't have it own it personally, but like it was always something that I was able to sell. So it really wouldn't be a bad idea. And I love the news media going out there. So the Washington Post actually wrote an article right after Joe Biden fell. Here's all of the other world leaders who have tripped. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's normal, guys. He's totally. No, he's not totally normal. Look, everybody trips. The problem is that Joe Biden can't walk. He walks that stiff gait that he talks about. If you don't know who I'm talking about or you don't remember, go watch video clips of Mr. Burns from The Simpsons walking around. Joe Biden walks exactly like Mr. Burns. He's frail. He barely shuffles. His hands are kind of weird. That's who Joe Biden walks like. He walks exactly like Mr. Burns. So It wouldn't be. And here's the thing. I don't think anybody honestly would really care if he were in a wheelchair or or used a cane. 
It's I keep seeing this. Like, there's nothing wrong with being in a wheelchair, and there isn't. There really isn't anything wrong with it. Um, but this is at some point in time, it's got to be addressed. Even CNN is looking at this, going, eh, "It's kind of bad." You know, they tried to tell you that it was wasn't a big deal when he fell the first time. Then when he fell the second time, the third time, he he's fallen a lot more than three times. By the way, uh, can't forget the uh, the bicycle endeavor as well. No, no, his his laces got caught on the spoke. Yeah, most of us would have been able to catch ourselves anyway, but he doesn't have the strength to do that, and he doesn't have the strength to stand back up after he falls, which is the bigger concern here. Um, but he's got those rubberized shoes, and and yes, I like the rest of you. I think the sole is a little weird. Uh, I don't think that there's any conspiracy behind the sole. I think it's a design element. For those of you who aren't familiar, when he fell down, we saw the bottom of his shoes. And the bottom of his shoes had a rubber non-slip sole, but then the heel had a cutout in it, which is extremely unusual. I looked. I could not find a, a U-shaped, horseshoe-shaped rubber attachment for a shoe anywhere. I couldn't. Uh, now, maybe they're driving shoes. It's possible. Some people kind of pointed out that these might be driving shoes. Joe Biden does love his car. So it's possible that he wears driving shoes as a personal preference. I personally think the the flat uh, plastic bottoms on shoes are ridiculous and stupid. I think that you should always be in a position to fight and run and flee and attack if you need be. And dress shoes don't make that possible. And so a rubberized shoe, frankly, is an essential upgrade if you were to ask me. And there's a couple of people out there who... They've probably never been punched in the nose uh, or been in danger. It will tell you that, ah, yeah, real men aren't afraid of dress shoes. That's a really dumb statement. If you ever need to be able to run or be able to engage with somebody, you should probably have the ability to get some grip. And oftentimes, dress shoes don't have that. So if you're going to get a dress shoe, I always recommend you get something that's going to be upgraded. If you can get you can get your standard dress shoe and you can you know do the aftermarket add-on thing if you really want to. That's fine, uh, just so you don't slip around. But remember the news media ran with, was it three, I think, news cycles, three news cycles on Trump not going down that that ramp, which is wet. It was wet and it was cool and he was worried about there being a slick surface on there because he's going down a ramp and he had smooth bottom shoes, which anybody who's ever been in smooth bottom shoes would have the same, the same sort of reaction. But the news media, ran, including CNN, ran with... What's wrong with Donald Trump's health that he can't get down a ramp? And then Joe Biden joked about him getting down the ramp and how he sprinted up the stairs. And then like three weeks after that, he fell. Just something to keep in mind as people try to gaslight you on the actual history of this thing. So, again, it's probably wise for him to consider a cane at this point in time. I don't think he will. And the optics certainly wouldn't look good. But neither does falling down, as he's the doctor accurately uh, pointed out. Anyway, 574-2595-953 if you have any traffic updates for Amelia. You can also watch us on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the host, or listen to us at 953MNC.com. If you have a smart TV and you have the Rumble app, you can watch me on your big old TV. I don't know why you would, but you can if you choose to. Got more coming up. 953MNC in the all-new MNC Nation.